everybody. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy holidays to you. Welcome back. Hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. It is Friday, December 27th, 2019. And after a few days off, I think to kind of unwind and to kind of relax, we are back here to talk about this weird hockey team that is now first place in the Pacific Division as we enter the halfway mark after tonight concludes. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com and site manager for SB Nation's Nights on Ice. And I will say to those of you who are listening to this podcast for the very first time, I do welcome you. We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you may consume your podcasting. You can find us on Twitter at LockdownVGK. You can find me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And if you feel like sending emails, you can do so to LockdownGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So hope you all had a great Christmas. Hope you all are having a great Hanukkah as we continue uh, with those celebrations. And hope you all are ready to resume the hockey shenanigans because it is game day for the Vegas Golden Knights. They will be playing their second back-to-back this week. Tonight starts uh, on the road in the land of the mouse where they will be taking on the Anaheim Ducks before getting back home on Saturday in what could be considered the biggest game of the season to date for the Golden Knights when they return home to face the Arizona Coyotes, in a clash for first place in the Pacific Division. The Golden Knights will try to rebound after, I, I guess you could say, get after getting mollywhopped at the hands of the Colorado Avalanche 7-3 to on Monday. They will be trying to rebound after what was considered a not-so-great performance from Marc-Andre Fleury. And as far as the goaltending goes... I would expect Marc-Andre Fleury to be starting tonight uh, against the Ducks with Malcolm Subban drawing the game against Arizona tomorrow night. Now, here is why I believe that. We talked a little bit last last time we spoke on this here pod about maybe Marc-Andre Fleury just isn't fully there mentally. And, you know, with everything that he's had to go through for the last month, you could probably understand it. But I think just... Monday not being his best game, coupled on with the fact that the holidays are here and you know this, that, and the other thing, I do fully believe that he probably needs to ease himself into much, I guess, much lesser competition. And the Ducks being tied for last in the Pacific Division would absolutely uh, warrant that. So I think Flurry needs a game like this against a team that is not really good right now. And I think you want to roll with the hot hand against the better team, and that would be Malcolm Subban, who has won six of his last eight starts and has only lost once in regulation in those eight starts. So I would presume, given that, I think Flurry will start. Now, again, we're recording this at 5.08 in the morning right now, so obviously there's no rhyme or reason as to what the actual lines or what the goaltending is going to look like. But I would have to venture a guess if I could. Uh, that Marc-Andre Fleury will start tonight. Malcolm Subban will be ready for tomorrow. Now, I'm not trying to say that there's a goalie controversy. I'm not trying to say that, oh, Malcolm Subban should be getting more time than Marc-Andre Fleury right now. It just is what it is. Fleury's not playing well, and Subban's the hot hand. And you, I think you need to roll with the hot hand in those bigger, high-profile games. And I think that showed 
on Monday in a big high-profile game against one of the top teams in the Western Conference, Marc-Andre Fleury just wasn't at his best. And right now, I think you need your best goaltending for those better games. And right now, at this moment, it's Malcolm Subban. So, again, I think Fleury will be in net tonight. I think Subban goes tomorrow. And then we'll see how it goes. Because, again, January, uh, they're going to be a stretch of seven consecutive games at home. Actually, starting starting tomorrow is the stretch of seven straight games at home. And that's going to be a time where Fleury's going to face some stiff competition, and he's going to need to be at his best. And we'll see how that goes. Again, uh, two big games tonight, but obviously the bigger game is tomorrow. I would trust the hot hand right now. I would trust Malcolm Subban to get that job done. Uh, so the Golden Knights will be trying to uh, take sole possession of first place tonight against the Ducks. The, the Coyotes don't play until tomorrow, obviously, against Vegas. Uh, so Golden Knights with a very good opportunity, even though Arizona would have two games in hand. Um, very good opportunity for Vegas to take sole possession of first place in the Pacific Division. Uh, the other big news item over the Christmas break is that Valentin Zikov was reassigned to AHL Chicago on Christmas Eve. So Merry Christmas to Valentin Zikov. Uh, but the good news for that is that that could signal the impending return of one Cody Glass to the lineup. Uh, he has been skating non-contact the last few days. Uh, and, you know, good news to get the uh, the first ever draft pick in Golden Knights history back in the lineup. So if I had to venture a guess as to what the lines would look like, again, this is 5 o'clock in the morning. No lines are, no one's even awake right now to even give me any sort of idea as to what the lines will look like. Here's what I'd expect. Uh, 81-71-19 at the top with Paul Stasny moving back to the second line with Pacioretty and Stone. Then I would go Glass centering with Chandler Stevenson on the left and Alex Tuck on the right. And then fourth line stays the same, 28-92-75. And I think that that is the lineup that we should really expect going forward. And barring you know, injuries or illnesses or whatever the case may be. I do believe that Valentin Zikov has played his final game with the Golden Knights. I don't, I just don't know the value. I don't, I don't understand the value of having him on the roster. I don't understand what he brings to the Golden Knights. And I don't think we ever will. If he gets another call up because of something that happens, I'm I'd be very curious as to why it's over Brandon Peary or anybody else, you know, maybe one of the younger guys, but I don't know. It it's very interesting to see how much faith the organization had in Valentin Zikov over the rest of their veteran forward depth in the AHL. But I guess we'll never know. I, I but like I said, I do think that uh Zikov has played his last game. I don't know what would be any point of having him on the roster again, given an injury or an illness there, are, there's Brandon Peary. There are a couple other guys that I would consider calling up Curtis McKenzie, Patrick Brown. I, I mean, you, you name it. There are guys that I would call up over Valentin Zikov. So I don't think we'll be seeing Mr. Zikov in the lineup going forward, but as for tonight, I do think that the lineup that we could possibly get the lines that I just threw out might be what we see tonight. And I think it's what we should expect going forward. And I will explain that in a little bit. But first, again, it's 5.13 in the morning, guys. I I should be sleeping right now. Instead, I I don't sleep. And I have to, you know, spread the news of what's going on in VGK land 
But if you are thinking about going to sleep, there might not be anything better than Casper mattresses, which combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. And you can get $100 off towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com backslash locked NHL and using the promo code locked NHL at checkout terms and conditions apply. So before before we uh, said hi to the friendly ghost, I guess, I guess you can say the friendly ghost that is Casper. Um, the lines going forward as we enter the halfway mark of the regular season. After this game, Saturday will mark the second half of the season, which holy hell is flying by fast. But the lines that I gave before we, uh, before we continued here, this is the lineup I think I'd like to see going forward. And that is barring a trade that would greatly benefit the Golden Knights at the forward spot. I don't think they need to make such a deal at the forward spot unless you feel like you can get a better fourth liner, which I don't think you can given the current contract situation of Ryan Reeves. So I think you're basically pretty much going with what's gotten you here at the forward position. If Vegas is going to make a trade at any point this year or any point of the deadline, it is going to be at the blue line, primarily somebody who can kind of offset the uh, offset the interchanging of the John Merrill Nick Holden tandem that we can uh, that we guess flip flops after each game. So we are less than two months from the deadline. The deadline is February twenty fourth. And this is the lineup that I would like to see going forward up until the deadline. I would have Cody Egan as a healthy scratch the rest of the way. Now, I don't think that is going to happen because I think, and this is in no way of criticizing Gerard Gallant at any, at any reason whatsoever. He just believes in Cody Egan. He believes in his penalty killing ability he believes in how just how solid he is as a two-way player, and, and I get that. The only thing right now that Cody, that Cody Eakin would give you if he was in the lineup is, is rate on the PK. And since Eakin has been out on November 29th, uh, the Golden Knights have a 78% PK clip with Eakin out of the lineup. They allowed, they've allowed a power play goal in four of their last five games, and they went three for five on the kill on Monday, which really was their worst stretch with Eakin out. They've been really good. They had the six for six stretch against the Rangers at one point. They've gone two for two, three for three in a couple of instances. But again, they've allowed one at least one power play goal in the last four, or what was it, uh, four of the last five games. So, I mean, are we really going to say Cody Eakin would have stopped that? I mean, especially against Colorado, that was all bad. But VGK is still top, what, 10 penalty kill in the league? I think they're ninth at 82.6. They're tied with the Coyotes. You know, all the top teams in the, or some of the top teams in the league have top PK units. The only one, which is the clear abomination, is the San Jose Sharks topping the league at what? I think like 88.9% penalty killing rate right now. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, if, if, if you will. Um, but we're, we're coming to the point where Cody Egan just isn't, we don't know his value right now. You know, he's 
making 3.85 million. <clears throat> Excuse me, he's making 3.85 million this year. I've I've been saying since the summer that is going to be the biggest cap hit that you that you are going to have a troubled time moving if you don't move him. And right now, the way it's looking, the Golden Knights could have gotten a lot more for Eric Halla if they really felt like they wanted to trade Eric Halla. But I but they absolutely missed the boat on moving Cody Eakin when his value was at his highest. Now again, the injury he sustained that missed had him miss the first what 12 13 games of the season that that's understandable but when he's been in the lineup he just he's not a factor offensively he's not going to be the guy that was giving you 41 points last year and again he, he i thought he took a big step forward last year even when he was centering that second line with Max Pacioretty and Alex Tuck he was, at times, one of the, one of the Golden Knights' best players, especially when Nate Schmidt was serving his suspension. He was one of their best players in an offensive-minded team that was absolutely, desperately in need of scoring, and he provided that boost. And I think, by hook or by crook, the Golden Knights expected that same output last year. And if you look at Cody Eakin's trajectory throughout his entire NHL career— that hasn't been something that is that has been a thing. He's had one he has one good year, falls off the next. He has a solid year, falls off the next. Cody Egan has never been someone to have consistent back-to-back good seasons. And that was the risk you were taking when you kept him over Colin Miller or you kept him over Eric Halla. Now the problem with trying to trade Egan is getting out of that contract. I don't know any team in the league whether they have the cap space or not, who is going to take a seven-point player making $3.85 million. I mean, somehow, Colin Miller was making three point seven five. I mean, he hasn't really been everything that Buffalo had hoped for, but Eric Halla has been absolutely everything that they that Carolina has hoped for. And Halla, I think, was making, what, 2.875? Right now, he's looking like the bargain, but you took the chance on keeping Cody Eakin because you believed in his penalty killing ability and you believed in what he can do given the offensive talent around him. The problem with Eakin is that by you having him in the lineup, you've completely thrown off Cody Glass's development, which we are now seeing Cody Glass is more of a center. He's a more trademark center than he is as a forward. And again, with Cody Glass not even being legally old enough to drink at this rate, could he eventually develop into that guy that can play both on the wing and center? Absolutely. There's still plenty of time. And you look back to the Golden Knights' inaugural season, they had a lot of guys that knew how to play center, but they had a lot of guys that could play forward, that wanted to play center. And Gerard Glenton really had to kind of tinker with how that best worked. And he found the combination that worked. Some guys played center, some guys played forward. It was basically whatever he thought would work. I don't know necessarily that that works anymore, considering that the Golden Knights now have established players that can play center and forward. It's not like, you know, year one, where they were just hoping that they can just throw something at the wall and it sticks. So the problem you have there 
is that you can't put Cody Glass on the wing because he's non-existent on the wing. You get him at center now with two guys who have a knack for scoring, have a knack for crashing the net, and have a knack for causing havoc in front of the goaltender. So that's what you want. That's what you want for your 20-year-old center. Cody Eakin, on the other hand, just doesn't give you anything because if you put him back at center, you're going to put Cody Glass back on the wing and hope that Alex Tuck drives the offense. And we saw in stints this year that just did not work. So you're left with the conundrum of, okay, well, clearly Cody Eakin is not Cody Eakin is not in the long-term plans of this franchise. Cody Glass obviously is. We want to get the most out of him more than we want to get the most out of this guy who's about to turn 30 soon and is about to expire or his contract's about to expire at the end of the year. There's just no value for him anymore. Like the Golden Knights missed their chance of moving him. And I, and I don't think that they, whether or not they intended to move him, I had, I had heard all summer that they were thinking of moving Miller and Halla, but Cody Egan was always considered one that they were going to move because they had the thought of Cody Glass making the team this year, and eventually they did. But clearly, keeping Cody Egan was mainly for your penalty killing purposes. And right now, I think the Golden Knights penalty kill is just fine. I mean, you got a 78% clip over the last, what, you know, 12, 13 games. That, that's good. That is, it's not like over the top, but at least it's like a top 10 type clip, top, you know, middle of the pack, you know, top tier clip, which is what you want. You can get by with who you've got on the PK without Cody Eakin. My thing is, I don't think you're going to move him now. I don't think he's going to be able to be moved at any point going forward. So you do the next best thing. You keep him waiting in the wings until something happens. Until, you know, Chandler Stevenson possibly gets hurt. Until Cody Glass gets banged up and he has to sit out a couple of games. This is the lineup I think you need to roll with going forward. These are the forward groups that you need to roll with. Because you're going to need the 26th line uh, ready for the playoffs. Because I am a full believer that line can carry a team in the playoffs as evidence of last year. Uh, you obviously need 81, 71, 19 together. I think the third line, you have it right there because you've seen what you got in Chandler Stevenson. Nine centering with 20 and 89, I think is fantastic. And I think that's the third line that's going to kind of break through and provide that much needed scoring in that middle six, bottom six area. And the fourth line is the fourth line. I mean, they, they've been very solid all year long. You know, whatever you may think of, you know, Ryan Reeves is as a uh, as a fourth line scoring option. Whatever the case may be, you know, bottom line is that fourth line has been pretty solid all year long. So you're at you're at the point where Cody Eakin has just become the extra that you need when the situation arises. And I don't know. I I think this is where you've made your bed and you now lie in it. And I think if you're the Golden Knights, you have to bite the bullet and see if you can move him. If you can move him in a package for the defenseman that you're looking for, fantastic. If not, then he's probably just going to be sitting in the press box. And 
people are talking about wanting to sit Ryan Reeves in the press box making $2.75 million. It's a whole lot different when you're making $3.85 million and you're sitting in the press box. So definitely a missed opportunity for Golden Knights to move him because now they see what Cody Glass can become. And I think now we're in the point where you just got to deal with it. You got to deal with it and keep him, keep him either in the press box or try and trade him because the value is just gone now. The value's been gone, and now you've got to deal with it. So obviously with no look around the league because there have been no games for the last couple of days, uh, we're pretty much just going to wrap it up here, guys. Um, you know what? It's going to be a crazy little bit of a stretch these next couple of days, uh, actually for the next week because we have the game tomorrow. We have the game tonight. Looking to try and put out a, uh, a post-game pod tonight or probably for tomorrow morning uh, and we'll, in a coexist in correlation with getting you ready for the Arizona game on Saturday. Um, next week is going to be a little bit weird because obviously of New Year's, uh, the Golden Knights play the Ducks again on New Year's, this time at home, and that game is at noon. I am thinking for now, because usually when we do these podcasts, if we, let's say for right now we do the show on New Year's Eve at this time. It goes up at 6 if I were to do a preview show for that, then we're looking at six hours between the time that episode goes up and the game, and then we have to make a quick turnaround to talk about the game later on. So what I'm thinking is the New Year's Eve episode will be the recap episode of uh, VGK Anaheim on New Year's, and then we will be back Wednesday to preview the game against the uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers. It'll be the day after New Year's. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, right now, I'll plan an episode on New Year's Day if anybody is going to be awake or coherent or sober enough. Um, geez, that was, a, that was a weird laugh slash cough thing I just did there. Um, if anybody's even going to be awake or sober for New Year's, um, we'll plan on that. We will plan on a New Year's episode to get you ready for the Philadelphia game. And then... The big game on the 4th against the Blues is weird because it's a 1 o'clock game. Considering how early that is, I think we will be doing an episode um, on the, after the game there, especially since it is against the Blues. It is against the Champs. They'll be in Vegas. Uh, we'll be planning on doing an episode probably uh, after that game on Saturday. So... Week is going to be a little bit weird, and then the following week is going to be even more weird. We'll elaborate on that when we get there. Um, but that's what we're looking at right now. So be on the lookout for maybe a post-game pod tonight. We'll probably do another post-game pod on Saturday because that is going to be the biggest game of the year to this point. And then we'll get through New Year's, and everything will just be all okie-dory and whatnot, or at least I hope, because this schedule is throwing me off. Uh, so we will plan on all of that. And... Yeah, we'll we'll plan on that. So that'll do it for us, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. All the support is greatly, greatly appreciated. And uh, we will be back tonight to break down how Vegas did against Anaheim. So thank you guys for listening to Lockdown Golden Knights. I am Danny Webster, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I just completely jumbled that around. But we will see you later tonight for Golden Knights and the Ducks. Have a good one.